You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk. Hi, I'm Carmi Levy. As Stephanie continues to take New York City by storm as part of our participation in the Canadian Technology Accelerator program, I'm joined once again this week by our Talent Services Dream Team, Jennifer Smith and Juliana Lance. Thanks, Carmi. Great to be here. I've missed this place. Thanks for having us back. And we're so glad you guys are back, too. So glad, in fact, that we've jammed today's show with all sorts of voiceover goodness. Yeah, after a quiet couple of months, animated movies seem to be waking up from a sleepy winter. We'll round up the latest news from Hollywood's CGI wizards in the biz. In Tech Talk, we'll talk about home studios and how new advances in technology are making them even more affordable than ever. And in VoxBox, we'll take a close look at mentorship and how it can help your voice career, whether you're receiving or giving advice. But first, it's time for the biz. And there's lots of news happening in the animated film business. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. It's no secret that DreamWorks Animation is having a rough year. It closed down its PDI studio in Redwood City, California, and got rid of 500 jobs, all part of a major cost-cutting effort, after four straight box office failures. The company is trying to save $60 million a year by 2017 after Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Penguins of Madagascar, Turbo and Rise of the Guardians failed to connect with viewers. It was an expensive lesson. DreamWorks took $290 million in write-downs. Things went from bad to worse after Hasbro and SoftBank both backed away from buying the company. So DreamWorks now needs to slow things down a bit and will release only two major feature films this year, one original and one sequel, which means a lot is riding on its latest release, Home. The movie just opened in North American theaters. It stars Jim Parsons, Rihanna, Jennifer Lopez, and Steve Martin, and it tells the story of a misguided alien invasion of Earth. Ooh, scary. The movie already opened to a strong box office in Europe, raising hopes it would turn enough of a profit to help DreamWorks dig itself out of its financial hole. With Pixar getting set for two major releases this year, Inside Out in June and The Good Dinosaur in November, all eyes are on DreamWorks to see if Home will save the day. Do you guys think that's too much to ask of one movie? Well, maybe, but if you've seen the trailer, it's pretty cute. It might just do it. Yeah, well, personally, I really like Jim Parsons. I mean, I love him on Big Bang Theory, and, you know, you can really hear his personality in this movie, and he's just, he just really lets loose, and his character seems to, to really shine in this movie, and I think that, uh, I think that'll be a really good one. I mean, it's a lot to say you're right for one movie, mm-hmm. but here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping Rihanna does a great job with her voiceovers as well. This movie continues the trend of using big-name stars in animated films as voice talent. It'll be interesting to see if Jim Parsons can overcome that perception of Sheldon Cooper. In other words, are you watching Sheldon Cooper when you're watching Home, or are you watching him as an actor playing the role that he's supposed to be playing in the movie? question then really becomes, uh, when you've got a movie of this caliber, should you go with big-name talent, or sometimes do you throw the bone to a smaller talent 
and, and let the audience decide what that character should be. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think Jim Parsons is going to do a great job. I have to say the first time that I saw the trailer, there's one part where he's he's talking, his character is saying something about dancing and you can really, really hear Jim's voice come out and it really sounds very similar to his, to his character with Sheldon because obviously that's his natural voice. So... Yeah, I think after you get into the movie, I think you'll start to kind of forget that it's him. But yeah, it definitely isn't isn't hard to tell that that's who it is. I think you're absolutely right, Jennifer. Um, I think once you get into it, I think, you know, he's a pro. Uh, I think he will make this character his own. And I think this movie is going to do really well. Interestingly, Home is not the only major animated project making news this week. Big Hero 6, which took home the Oscar this year for Best Animated Film, now has a box office prize to put on its CGI mantle. It's just been named the biggest grossing animated movie of 2014. The movie about a boy and his robot has pulled in $620 million since it was released in November. It's now the third biggest release ever from Walt Disney Animation Studios, behind Frozen and the Lion King in Just Ahead of Tangled. Big Hero 6 is also setting records in China, where Baymax, the robot, has become a huge hit. The movie is set to become the biggest ever Pixar or Disney release in Chinese history. Turning things a little blue... The third Smurfs movie has a release date, March 31st, 2017. It doesn't have a name yet, and we're still waiting to hear about the cast. But since the original pulled in $563 million, and the second one made another $347 million, it almost doesn't matter what they call it, Smurf fans will be there on opening day. Question is, are you guys Smurf fans? I am 100% a Smurf fan. I love watching Gargamel be defeated by those little cute blue monsters. (laughs) I definitely love the Smurfs I have ever since I was a little kid. But this is the third movie in a series. Uh, At what point do you say you've told the story and move on? Well, I definitely have to agree. Sequels are hard to pull off. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see if, if they kind of put a different twist on it. But I have to admit, what I liked about the Smurfs was, first of all, it played equally well to kids and adults. I went to see it with my kids, and I enjoyed it just as much as they did, probably for different reasons. And I also loved how they combined real-life scenes as well as CGI together. And that's an additional challenge for a voice actor, because on the one hand, you know, Gargamel is played by a real human, whereas the actual Smurf characters are being voiced in a studio, it's pretty hard to play one off against the other. And I think it would add another layer of difficulty for a voice actor because how do you act against that? Definitely a testament to their skill being able to play off something you can't see. That's why script development and interpretation is so important in this industry. I think it's important too, you know, to kind of watch movies like this with that voice professional's lens on. I always try to imagine what's going through the actors' minds, what's going through the producers and the directors' minds as they're pacing through the scene. Because certainly, you know, you may never work on a big budget animated film, but I think there's a lot of learning from just being, you know, watching a project like this. Yeah, it sounds like we'll be having a Voices.com road trip to the theater. <laughs> Can't wait. Me neither. Coming up next in Tech Talk, have you ever considered setting up a home studio? There's probably never been a better time. We'll explain next. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Juliana, you talk to our voice professionals all the time, and I'm guessing the topic of home studios comes up fairly often. Oh boy, Carmi does it ever. The question comes up quite a bit. Okay, so I'm going to wear my technology hat here a bit. I'm seeing a bit of a trend. Home studio technology is getting better, faster, and more affordable. Home studios used to be expensive and complex, and I know in speaking with voice talent, they often stayed away. They figured it would be beyond their means to have their own ability to record. 
But with powerful computers and software and high-quality mics and other equipment, suddenly there's hope for voice pros who want to set up a home studio and produce their own audio. So what's the appeal of having a home studio and what are you guys hearing when you're talking to our voice professionals? Having a home studio is imperative when you're working on a site like Voices.com. It gives you the ability to do quick edits for a client so you have great customer service. It means you don't have to coordinate with the studio, picking up the kids, going to studio time, paying for audition time. And really, it's an investment that pays for itself and something we have so many resources we can help new talent figure out how to make the best studio happen for their homes. Jennifer, is this something that, you know, even if you're not working on a paid project, does having your own studio give you almost like a playground to practice in? Oh, yeah, of course. Well, the thing is, is that even when you're not working with an online marketplace like Voices.com, I I know a lot of the professional voice talent that we work with are working with their agents, uh, you know, online as well. It's very rare now that they're actually going into their agent's studio. And they're also working with agents from all over. You know, people have an agent in New York. They have one in L.A. They've got one in Miami. So they can't be everywhere. And I think that it's, it's a good way for them to be able to practice. It's a good way for them to be able to, you know, not feel as pressured. You know, you can only imagine uh, when you would have to go into a studio, you get the script at the last second, you're, you know, put on the hot seat, you're sitting in front of a panel of the clients, um, you're, you're really kind of under pressure. Whereas in this case, you know, if you make a mistake, it's okay. Nobody was there. Nobody had to even know that you made a mistake. You can, you know, do that take over and over and over again until you're comfortable with it. And it's not like the clock is ticking. You're not paying for that time either. I think that has to affect your psychology at the mic. Oh, of course. And I think it also comes down to just time. If you've got your own studio, you can probably crank out that many more auditions in a given amount of time than you could if you were shuttling from one studio to another. I know the late Don LaFontaine, it was a game changer for him when he built his first studio at home, um, put together by none other than George Widom, um, that you know he suddenly went from uh, going by car from one studio to the next to the next to being able to turn projects around one after the other without having to factor in travel time. If you're a voice professional and you're playing the numbers game by trying to get as much work out there as many auditions done in a given amount of time, this could be a game changer for you. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think another thing that's nice to point out, because I always want to be encouraging to people, I think that they get overwhelmed by the word home studio. It seems very daunting. They're thinking, my gosh, I'm going to have to spend thousands of dollars on equipment. Um, You know, it's going to be a a lot of things kind of introduced into my life that I have no idea about. And I don't know, you know, I'm not an engineer. But I think that what people need to realize is that technology has advanced so much that it's allowed people to be able to to just have a very simple setup. You know, you need to have your computer. You need to have your microphone. You need to consider the um, acoustics of the environment that you're in. And as far as recording software goes, you could even use a program like Audacity that's free. Um, most of the time, you're not needing to um, to use Pro Tools. It's just a little bit too much for, for what we need to do. You're just doing a drive read. So, uh, you know, an easy program like Audacity is going to allow you to be able to do everything you really need to do. And, uh, you know, from there, obviously, there's lots of other things like needing an audio 
interface and headphones and a mic stand and a pot filter and so on. But these are all things that if you if you kind of play your cards right, um, don't necessarily need to cost you ten thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. You can start small and. Yeah, work your way up. It doesn't have to be pretty when you start out, but it does have to sound professional. And we have so many resources and people we'd love to talk to that we'd be happy to share that with you. So with a little research, you could sound just as good as you need to for every project you want to do. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that you need to get to a point where you can have a sound that's competitive because one thing you would definitely want to do is, you know, run that by somebody for them to give you that kind of stamp of approval that you're on the right track. And then work towards getting an income that you can go and reinvest back into your business. That's great advice, guys. Thanks. Our next Tech Talk story may seem like it's all about Apple, but it's really about the little port in the side. Mm, Carmi, what do you mean? Well, you guys know I'm a bit of a geek, right? No, we had no idea. (laughs) You technology, I just can't see it. No, no, seriously. I've got a bit of a thing for technology, probably because I never quite grew up. And gadgets are like toys for grown-ups. And Apple's latest gadget, that ultralight MacBook laptop, the company introduced it a few weeks ago, and it comes with a huge surprise. If you look at your laptop now, it's got a bunch of ports, places where you can plug stuff in. USB for your keyboard and mouse, display port or HDMI for your monitor, and a boring old spot to plug in your charger. But if you look at the new MacBook, it's got one port. It's got a fancy name too, USB Type-C. What does this have to do with voice professionals, Carmi? It's got lots to do with us because we just talked about home studios. And of course, you set up a home studio, you're probably going to be plugging all of that good stuff into your computer. So uh, it might be a USB-based mic. It might be an external monitor that uses a DisplayPort connector. Um, You might have a specific kind of charger or an external hard drive to store all of your audio information. Right now, if you look at the typical computer, it uses all of these connectors and all the devices that you buy have to be compatible with these connectors. Well, what if you buy a computer that doesn't work with any of these connectors? You're going to have to buy adapters. You're going to have to make sure that the old equipment that you bring into your studio connects up to your new computer. These are things that you've got to consider when you're buying hardware. Will they all plug into each other? Will they all work when I flip them all on? And as much as USB Type-C is an advancement over what we have today, it's faster, it lets you charge things two ways, uh, there are a whole bunch of reasons why it's, 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 it's an advantageous technology. It's smaller, the cables are easier to connect, um, but at the same time, if you've got lots, lots invested in old voice technology, you got to make sure it's still going to work when you bring that new computer home. Yeah. Isn't it always the way, I mean, even from, you know, the CDs and now to MP3s and everything else, it's, everything's always changing and you're having to keep up with the next newest and greatest thing. Absolutely. And I think because in the voice community, we are so uh, focused on uh, producing content with the latest technology. Many of us are already on that leading edge. We're buying new technology. We're hooking it up. We're connecting it. We're using it to drive our careers. You got to make sure that that stuff works because at the end of the day, if you're working on a project, They don't really care if your computer has USB Type-C or not. They just want it all to work, and they want to get those audio files in so they can complete their projects. Exactly. So I guess let this be your warning to uh, make sure that you've got everything ready. That's great advice, Jennifer. Thank you. That's it for this week's Tech Talk. Coming up next, VoxBox, and why mentorship matters so much in the voice professional community. VoxBox, sharing your audio feedback. Here at Voices.com, we're big-time believers in the value of mentorship. 
The voice industry is built on creativity and knowledge, and knowledge transfer is the only way to keep the good times rolling. Oh, absolutely. Mentorship is the kind of thing that we often do without even realizing it. And it cuts both ways, too. We all help others, and we all get help from others at different times in our lives. Did you guys have a mentor when you were first starting out? I think we've all had mentors when we first started out. We've probably all had mentors all along, too. We don't always realize it. Um, but I think if you look around you, think about the people who've given you advice. I think back to my, my earliest teachers in primary school, elementary school, and middle school, and high school, and beyond, university. Um, I think of people that I've worked with. I think of leaders and uh, you know some of my peers who've taken the time to share their experiences with me. Mentors come in all shapes and sizes. And I think if we give it a little bit of thought, we realize that our lives have probably been touched by them nonstop since our earliest memory. I definitely think it goes back to that saying, sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. And sometimes it's asking those people that you know for their best tips and advice. These people are in your lives because they care about you. And of course, they'd be willing to share that information. So asking is one of the most important things you can do to help yourself out. And I'm sure they would love to give you advice. And I know in the voice industry, it's often so hard to know where to look for advice. So, I mean, what are the kinds of things that you would recommend a voice professional who's just sort of figuring out, is this mentorship thing for me? How do they get started? What do you tell them? Well, I would definitely tell them to do the research. Uh, it's, you know, often kind of works hand in hand with hiring a voiceover coach. You're often going to, you know, find those kind of mentor qualities in, in your voiceover coach. And I think what you can do is, you know, read about them. I try and find testimonials about them, ask other voice talent about them, you know, go on social media, find um, find Facebook groups of, of, you know, other voice talent that you can kind of uh, survey and, and ask questions. Um, I think you should definitely be listening to our voiceover experts podcast. I think that'd be a great place for you to get a feel for what some of the coaches and mentors out there are like. You can listen to a little lesson from them and really get a good feel for what their style is, what their personality is like, and get an idea of whether or not it's somebody that you think you're going to click with. Still thinking online, uh, you know, Voices.com has a bunch of other resources uh, online. We've got our LinkedIn group, uh, our Facebook group, and you can also connect with us on Twitter at Voices. And so there's lots of there are lots of resources out there. We're having these conversations both in person and online all the time. If you're not sure where to get started, head online and see because chances are you're not the only one who's wondering how to get started on a mentorship journey. There are lots of other people in the Voice community who are thinking the same thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Carmi. And I think if if you're stumbling at all, feel free to even call or email us. Uh, Juliana and I would be happy to um, to let you know who's in your area and uh, let you know who might be a good fit for you based on uh, kind of what you're looking for. I mean, if you're more interested in the performance side of things or you're more interested in learning about marketing or the business, or maybe you're thinking that you need more technical help, uh, we might be able to customize um, our recommendations for you. Yeah, or even if you're just looking for someone to hold your hand and take all the stress out of getting started in this business, we definitely have some lovely people who would be more than willing to share their best tips and experiences because in this industry, we really do like to help each other out. Sounds amazing, guys. I'm looking forward to where these conversations go. Well, that's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning into Vox Talk. I'm Carmi Levy. And I'm Jennifer Smith. And I'm Juliana Lance. Keep in touch with us on Twitter by using the hashtag FoxTalk. 
and keep an eye out for Vox Minute videos. Hashtag Vox Minute. We'll be back in studio next week. Thanks so much for listening.